0: lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside a victoriously returning Todd Erzin fresh off his daughter dominating the Drake relays yesterday. So congratulations to the Erzin family for that. Uh, Aaron McIntyre is here as well as our old friend, Paul Alexander. He'll be joining us here in a few moments. For the Dace Group Roundtable, former strategist for the Tulsi Gabbard for President campaign, let us know what you think, though, about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Uh, You can do so by emailing the show. That's uh, Steve at SteveDace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, Gab Parlor. Look for Steve Dace there. You can follow at Show on Twitter. And if you love censored clips of the show, and who doesn't love them some censorship these days, go to YouTube.com. Uh, slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Speaking of censorship, you know, one of the things that uh, you weren't allowed to do in, in this country and a lot of places on social media last fall was tweet out information about Hunter Biden's laptop, which, of course, turned out to be his. And so that wasn't anything about caution. That was just straight up censorship. Uh, and that's why you might want to get involved in the new project, from the folks that brought you the Gosnell movie a couple of years ago. They have a brand new project. Uh, the feature film is called My Son Hunter. I'm sure Paul will be donating to this. Uh, you can learn more about it at mysonhuntermovie.com. I actually wasn't supposed to read this library till later in the show, but I just thought Paul would get a treat out of it if I read it right now. So I thought, what the heck? <laughs> this movie will tell it all. Hunter's wild escapades, hookers and blow, oh my... Uh, the contents uh, of this laptop, the shady foreign business deals. I'm laying it on just a tad thick, aren't I? What do you think? It's Friday. Now. It's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah. Friday, Friday, Friday. Yes. Uh, uh, and even those ties to China. Uh, but these independ- independent filmmakers need your help. Hollywood doesn't want to obviously fund this film. Therefore, the funding has to come from the likes of us. They're bringing this film directly to the people funded by you and I. So any gift, $10, $50, $100, uh, can help expose the most corrupt family in American politics. And well, the last one. Uh, and your donation is 100% tax deductible as well. If you want more information or to make a donation, Go to mysonhuntermovie.com right now, mysonhuntermovie.com. I mentioned the Days Group Roundtable is forthcoming, some uh, feedback Friday. We'll get into that next hour. But before we do any of those things, of course, it is time for the Days Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Home Title Lock. You know, we've been warning you about home title theft on this show for a while now. And lo and behold, Facebook, where about 80% of Americans have an account, just suffered a massive data breach. 500 million accounts potentially exposed to cyber thieves. Is that a lot? I'm not sure. Uh, And according to the FBI, they now have everything. Uh, that they need to potentially take over as the new owner owner of your home. Name, address, personal information, it's all out there and now thieves can forge your signature on a quick claim deed stating that you have sold your home to them, leaving you with all the debt while they liquidate your equity, maybe even foreclosure or eviction. That's why you want to get protection from our friends at Home Title Lock. You can go there right now. HomeTitleLock.com, register your address just to make sure that your home's title is safe and secure and then while you're there, Sign up for 30 free days of protection during this high-risk breach at HomeTitleLock.com when you use the promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com promo code RADIO. Let us get to issue one. Bleep! Lord Nefarious says.
2: Well, I've been here uh, all four nights. Uh, I'm just standing here today with uh, soup for my family. And uh, we're just, you know, watching all of this unfold. It's very unfortunate. You're not planning on using that, are you? Throwing Absolutely. it at the police? Like I said, it's for my family.
0: Literally for your family. Yeah. We're looking for a guilty verdict. This is, this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in
2: the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. It's some- and if we don't, we, got, we cannot go away. We've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontation.
0: We've got to make sure that
2: they, th- they know that
3: we need business. I, I actually always thought that he would be found guilty because it's sort of a cultural makeup call. But I'm not happy. I'm not pleased. I don't have any sense of satisfaction. I don't think this is a system working. I don't think this is a good thing.
0: So no, this verdict is not justice, frankly
2: even think we call it full accountability is justice
3: convicting a police officer or is justice convicting america thank you george Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice his name synonymous with justice and dignity and grace
0: and prayerfulness we can't talk about climate justice without talking about police brutality we the young people are the ones who are going to write about you in the history books We are the ones who get to decide how you will be remembered. So my advice for you is to choose wisely.
2: Even if
3: we get to net zero, we still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. We even have deniers still in the United States. Uh, We're the one nation
0: that has a lot of deniers why does a vaccinated person have to wear a mask
2: when you get vaccinated you are clearly diminishing dramatically your risk of getting infected you might get infected and get absolutely no symptoms not know you're infected and then inadvertently go into a situation with vulnerable people and if you don't have a mask you might inadvertently infect them Uh, we're the one nation that has a lot of deniers
0: nobody said that the gender binary was Easy. These are not my preferred pronouns. These are my pronouns. You will use them or you will not refer to me.
3: A lot of deniers.
0: I get it. The discussion of the gender spectrum confuses you and that's fine.
1: But if you don't know anything about it, don't speak on it.
3: Uh, we're the one nation that has a lot of deniers.
1: Hi, my name is Erin. I use she her pronouns and I am this- All day. I'm here for that video all day. All right. What was the best of the worst this week? Paul is the guest. You, of course, get to go first.
3: I am a cat person, so I'm tempted to go with how you ended it, but I'll, I'll go on a more serious note. Uh, the most directly applicable choice based on the montage would be Nancy Pelosi's comments following the Derek Chauvin verdict thanking floyd for his sacrifice implies that george floyd had a say in the matter you thank people for their sacrifice when that sacrifice is a choice Mm -hmm. and it's comments like this that expose how so many politicians simply view tragedies as transactional
1: chris for the mill brother yes you bet that
3: said something else has been on my mind this week which is rooted in the gretchen whitmer florida story but i want to quickly address something we've discussed on this show in the past so that i can make my case here with a certain level of credibility steve i've heard you define liberals as those wanting governments to do for them what is wrong stupid or immoral
1: and no no let me rephrase let me let me let me clarify a liberal, in my view, is somebody who thinks you should have the freedom, the right to do something that God says is dumb or immoral. A leftist is someone who thinks government should make you do those things. That's, that, that's, the, that's how I've defined it. But anyway, go ahead.
3: Fair. Thank you for clarifying.
1: Mm-hmm. But the,
3: the general perception amongst most people is that liberals embrace big government. That's true for many. But so your viewers have proper context my view of liberalism has always centered around individual liberty. I don't want an all-powerful government deciding whether two people of the same sex can get married, or whether a woman can have access to a legal abortion, or that a criminal should be sentenced to death for his or her crimes. I frankly think government has proven inefficient in most areas outside of defense, and I personally want far less government, not more. Okay, now that we have that context, it was always my understanding that Democrats opposed all forms of classism. Billionaires have too much wealth, power, and access, and and live in this country under a different set of rules. Law enforcement has tremendous power, but without the transparency or accountability to prevent that power from corrupting. I'm not suggesting I fully buy into those narratives, but I'm using them to highlight the fact that Democrats often make arguments on the premise that a just society requires all of its citizens to play by the same rules. So we have Governor Whitmer in Michigan, which has had a mask mandate since July, and some of if not the strictest lockdown measures in the country, telling us her state has the highest COVID infection rate in America right now because some of her constituents have been traveling to Florida for spring break, only to find out both her health director and COO secretly vacationed down in Florida this past month. The Democrat mayor of Austin, releases a video telling his constituents to stay home or they may have to lock things down, which he records from his vacation home in Mexico. Gavin Newsom, who banned indoor dining, gets photographed inside one of the most expensive restaurants in California, dining with a lobbyist and about 20 other people with no masks, of course. So Democrat leaders many of them, live by one set of rules, and you, the common folk, must live by another. You must sacrifice everything. Shut down your business. Don't visit your family for the holidays. Don't go on that vacation you were planning while we continue to do as we please. Because we don't work for you. We rule you. Mm -hmm. Why are there not more Democrats pushing back on this blatant display of elitism by their own elected officials? And equally important, if power corrupts as our party so claims when it comes to the wealthy or when it comes to law enforcement, why are we continuing to advocate for a government takeover of healthcare and the energy sector and forcing economically disadvantaged children, often children of color, to remain in their failing government-run schools? Why are so many Democrats insistent on continuing to expand government and entrusting a select, privileged few with more and more power?
1: I've been asking myself and this audience questions like that for many, many, many years, Paul. Uh, That is very, very well said. God. That was a sermon. Bravo. Yeah, uh,
0: I've been waiting to say this because I kind of wanted to see knowing Dr. Fauci and company, how often they pivot, how long they were going to try to sustain this thing with uh, the vaccines, but not going out, not changing your lifestyle. Please mask up. Listen, they're, they're not being honest with you. There has always been before anything was a COVID thing that came along called vaccine shedding. The vaccinated do shed the disease. And it's it's a, a weaker form of it. But this happened out in Disneyland. They wanted to say it was all the unvaccinated like five years ago. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It was not that. It was vaccine shedding. It's this. They, they, they know. They just won't tell you because then you'll start asking questions and, and critical thinking. They know that the vaccinated will spread this disease. It'll be a weaker form. But because of the level of panic that we've created around this... That, that's
1: actually one of the ways we get to herd immunity, Yeah, actually. Yeah. But yeah.
0: because of the level of panic, they need to keep doing this feng shui thing where they rearrange the furniture on you and keep you right where they want you.
1: In fact, when I watched that statement again, he basically reiterated what Robert Redfield said last year. If he's telling you, if Fauci is saying that you still have to wear a mask after you're vaccinated, or you, must, you will pass this on asymptomatically to others... Isn't he also then saying that the mask is more potent and powerful a protector than the vaccine, right? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, if you do the math on that, that's what he's saying, Aaron, your choice. Go ahead quickly. So I I think for me, it's John Kerry talking about the
2: dastardly climate or science deniers in, in the United States. And I would like to know there's, there's a number of people, probably the red haired being uh, towards the end of that montage who um, who wants you to know that uh, those pronouns are his, her, its pronouns, and don't address his, her, it, him, her, it, um, unless you actually use those pronouns. I, I'm wondering. Um, I'm wondering if John Kerry uh, said that before or after he gave the interviewer his pronouns, because that's um, that that's that's one thing right there. there. There is there is that, or or if. Um, if he, if, he, if he made that comment um, after double masking, because I'm sure he's vaccinated as well, um, just wondering, just, just asking questions there as well. Speaking of denying science, um, uh, our, our leader, Joe Biden, was on a conference call, a Zoom call with various world leaders this morning. Uh, he was the only one uh, wearing a mask, even though he was on a, on a conference call. And he's been vaccinated, but he was wearing a mask. But that's a good look.
1: From now on, I'm just going to ask everybody who accuses me of being a science denier. Who won the 1976 gold medal in the decathlon? That is just going to be my, I'm just going to counter with that question every time. Who, who won it? Who won the 1976 gold medal in the decathlon? That's just how I'm going to react from now on. You tell me. Exit question. On a scale of one to 10, with one being Anthony Fauci's ten, uh, credibility and 10 being his duplicity, rate this week's level of total depravity. Todd, 10. Aaron, 10. Paul?
3: This is a very simple mathematical equation. It's the number <laughs> of deadly variants, which is three, plus the number of masks you're supposed to be wearing, which is two the sum total of which I'm told by the IHME is 87.
1: <laughs> he gets us. Is it just me or is Fauci more and more beginning to sound like that character in In Living Color I always talk about and remember, right? <laughs> when, you, when you take the exertion and dip it into the fallopian tube, he always, always drop fallopian tube in every bit. That's why I do that, right? Is it just me or is Fauci starting to sound more like more like Damon Wayans and in living color, right? Indeed. All right. right, um, let's. There's some Hegelian dialectic for you. Let's get to issue two, the shrub.
2: George W. Bush went on the interview circuit this week, pimping his new book on amnesty, I mean, immigration.
0: The system really needs to be reformed yeah. and fixed. Two things I think will help alleviate that. One is an asylum process that is more robust. In other words, the border is being overwhelmed right now, and there needs to be more judges and more courts so people can have a fair hearing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And secondly, we need to change the work visas. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of jobs that that, uh, uh, are empty, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of jobs that need to be filled. And yet there are people willing to work hard. To do so. He
2: also had this to say about the modern Republican Party.
1: Okay, if you were to describe the Republican Party as you see it today, how would you describe it?
0: Uh, I would describe it as isolationist, protectionist, and to a certain extent nativist. Hmm. Are you you disappointed? Well, that's not exactly my vision, but you know what? I'm just an old guy they put out to pasture, so (laughs) (laughs) just a simple painter.
1: So last week, jobless claims fell to 256,000. That's the lowest since the week before uh, the pandemic lockdowns began. That week ending March 14th, and of course the lockdowns began on the 16th. Where are all these unfilled jobs that he's talking about? Do you know what he's talking about? I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't either. Um, let's, let's, let's get to the first question and Todd, I'll shoot it at you. True or false? The average Republican has really not changed all that much from whom they were at the time George W. Bush was president. They're just more fed up with the Republican party now. Is that true or is it false?
0: I think it's false. I I think the last part is true, Uh, but I also think... The we the people part of it, which is the first part, is wanting. I think our addiction to comfort is more deeply rooted than it was when you and I, uh, Steve, were growing up. Uh, the embodiment of ET and Stranger Things riding right our bikes around the neighborhood mm-hmm. and just I, I, I think, I think we're softer. Uh, collectively, uh, and and, we're, and when we talk about prob- there's different tribes within the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. That part you mentioned about a, a group that is clearly far more fed up is 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 unique and it's different. I just I parsed this multiple ways before I decided what I was going to say. But just holistically, I just can't buy into uh, the first part. I do think your average Republican has changed in the direction of not good
1: things. I want to push back for a minute on the notion we've become softer. I mean, are, are you saying that it, this is a nation where the, uh, a man who was once the epitome of American masculinity dominating on the global stage and arguably the most grueling individual physical pursuit other than literally fighting in a war, the Olympic decathlon. Are you saying that that individual who was, um, so inspiring uh, so so courageous that it got a generation of kids to eat wheat for breakfast and like it wheat, not cocoa wheats. We just ate wheat, guys. They put wheat on it. They put wheat in a box with him on it, and we were like, "I can't get enough of this, right? I want to grow up and be like that." Who is now rebranding himself as a woman running for office, uh, highest office in California of all places, uh, the state that gave us the Reagan Revolution. I, I I I really resent the notion that you think that we've become soft. As a people, given the, situ- the 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 scenario that I just laid out for you, your your response to that, Todd?
0: I purposefully didn't play the tranny card because I wanted to see if everybody was going to pick up what I was laying down. But listen, I do. Would we have been filling seats and clapping for uh, guys playing girl sports? Would we have entertained the bathroom issue?
1: Without just flat out just no, the, the truth of the matter, all the any but any guy that tried that yeah. would have gotten his ass whooped. That's just the bottom line. And, Law of the jungle, brother, and that's a better place to live, quite frankly.
0: Aaron, what do you think?
2: So I think fundamentally, I think fundamentally, it's true. Now the frosting has changed a little bit for for one uh, for one thing, opposing foreign wars. That's a pretty big change. I think the average Republican voter. I think the average Republican voter still is pretty supportive of the military, but they wouldn't be quite so supportive of endless wars, I don't think, uh, now as they were back in GW's time. But um, I I think fundamentally, though, it's true because of what Todd is saying. I think we were soft back then, and I think we're soft now. We're just reaping what we sowed, though. We were soft back then. The Republican, the 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 pragmatist Republican class and the pragmatism that most of us bought into. or I was young, but most of you bought into um, that is coming home to roost now. So I, I don't think really much has changed. I think it's just a little bit more ticked off at the Republican Party. But you didn't have eyes to see then. Ears to hear then. And so far, not enough. Uh, not enough people have eyes to ear- see and ears to hear now. So I don't think it has changed. I think you were, we were soft then and we're soft now. We're just, we're just facing different things and our softness is, is bubbling to the top.
1: I think George W. Bush's presidency actually changed my views on some things. Um, but they they it's changed my foreign, po- the failure of his administration changed my foreign policy views. It forced me to confront arguments I hadn't previously considered. Um, it opened my eyes to how extensive is the notion that Paul just described in his party, how extensive a similar notion just with a different slate of issues mm-hmm. exists in the one I used to reside in. Right. The idea that we're your betters. We know more things. So we get to suspend the free market principles to save the free market. Right. Right. Um, I mean, um, and then we just do bailouts for all the, for all the people that ripped you off at the exact same time. Um while you can't resell your home for at least a year or two because the market has crashed, right? Um, His presidency caused me to reevaluate some things about how I felt about the Republican Party, but I don't know comprehensively other than foreign policy on any issue, am I that much different than I was when he left the White House? I think I'm, I mean, I don't know, you tell me, you've been both a listener to the show and, or uh, an employee a, of it, but you have you' been, way, been way ahead of the anymore. curve for quite some time. I'm just I'm just angrier. i'm I'm angrier about You're, those things. And that's impressive well,
2: <laughs> in, in your case, it's changed drastically. You're not a Republican anymore.
1: well, that's that's true. And he has a he he gets some of the credit for that, no mm-hmm. doubt. not all, but some mm-hmm. all right. So Paul, want to get your i I'm la- anxious to get your perspective on this as somebody who's looking at this from the outside in. What say you?
3: Well, Steve, when I got the rundown for today's show, i I may have leaked it to a friend of mine, and he was none too happy with this question. So bear with me. I I agree to let him on and address you himself. Just just give me one second. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Now, Steve, why are you saying Republican voters should be fed up with the GOP? This is a party that has always fought for conservative values. My friend George W. Bush suspended the free market to save the free market. And then, in the spirit of limited government, signed into law Medicare Part D. (laughs) Our brave Senator from Utah, Mitt Romney, was a true conservative trailblazer, implementing Obamacare in the state of Massachusetts before Obamacare was ever a thing. He was a visionary, Steve. And when Donald Trump wanted to pull our troops out of Afghanistan, I put my foot down and I said, no, Mr. President, those poppy fields ain't gonna farm themselves. (laughs) We are the party of common sense and compromise. If my friends in the Democratic Party want to add four new justices to the Supreme Court, I welcome them. And you tell Sonia Sotomayor that Lindsay says hello because I voted for her. And I'll vote for whoever President Biden wants to put on that court because no matter what, I promise the Republican voters, you will get your conscience clause. Now... I want your viewers to know I am getting very close to the bottom. I'm really of uncomfortable with this conspiracy. And if they'd like to get the latest on my investigation, they can watch me with my good friend, Sean Hannity, every Monday, <laughs> Wednesday, and Friday night.
1: I want to cut myself. Thank you. And God bless.
0: Oh, Paul, Lindsey Graham, Alexander. I just ask you this. Once you're given your own primetime variety show, I just
1: remember us, the little people. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, we've known each other for maybe what a year, about a year,
3: less, less, yeah.
1: I mean, I, 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 do you know how many years I spent doing shows on everything you just talked about? How many, how many shows, how many years I've done? I'm, I'm, I'm in a world now where Naomi Wolf is live tweeting out experts excerpts of our book as she reads it over the weekend. Um, I've Bill Maher's closing commentary the last four weeks in a row. I could have actually given, almost verbatim, actually. In school, they don't call this Sisyphus anymore. They call it Steve Dace. Yes. um, uh, Andrew Sullivan, half of his Twitter account, literally is my own stream of consciousness. Um, And now I've got a strategist, a former strategist for a Democrat presidential candidate, (laughs) giving me parodies of the exact things I have been railing against and dunking on on my own right-wing show for years. Here is is where we, this is where we are now, right? (laughs) We're basically, it's just critical thinkers versus everybody, regardless of what your perspective on everything is it's just basically critical thinkers against the world like that's what it is really i think we're like just a matter of weeks away of seeing that exact same skit but name naomi wolf is doing it behind that mask (laughs) (laughs) let's get to the exit question if the future of the republican party within this new decade were a led zeppelin song which led zeppelin song would it be a good times bad times b dazed and confused c in my time of dying or d houses of the holy aaron dazed and confused todd in my time of dying. Paul, what do you think? Dazed and confused. I so want it to be in my time of dying, man. I mean, I want it. I so badly want it. That is really what we need more than anything else, is that. Which is exactly why we're not going to get that. What's the worst possible outcome? That it would be dazed and confused. We'll it'll just, it'll just continue on to this into perpetuity. We'll argue next year about... Uh, whether the uh, unacknowledged, dead-named decathlete uh, who, uh, you know, uh, should we should rally to that because they're better than Gavin Newsom. Actually, that would be later this year, come to think of it. Um, uh, gosh, I want it to be a cleansing so bad, but I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be, be Dazed and Confused. We're going to look at the future of law enforcement in America when we come back. You know, Trying to sell your home in any environment can be a difficult, stressful pursuit, especially if you do it the way I did it the last time, 15 years ago, man, that's selling a home on one end and buying one on the other. That's why you want to make sure you've got an agent that you can trust to come in and and take charge of the situation, yes, but then also remember who is ultimately in charge, that's you, and then can bring with them, by the way, a proven, vetted track record of success, especially... If you're looking to get involved in real estate in these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. So where would you find such a trustworthy uh, warrior? Why the name kind of says it all. Just head over to real estate agents. Itrust.com. Again, that's real estate agents. Uh, this is a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates who got tired of real estate agents who then had more. Uh, had more bark than bite, and they didn't find that out until it was too late. They ended up finding out, though, that there were actually several really trustworthy and accomplished agents in this audience here at Blaze TV from all over the country, and from there was the mustard seed that began this company. So just about anywhere you want to relocate, we can probably help you with this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, let's get back to our weekly look at the week that was and let's head over to issue three, the future of law enforcement. Racialism
2: was kicked back into full gear this week, but not so much because of the verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis, but because of another police involved shooting of a teenager in Columbus, Ohio. When the news initially broke about the shooting of Micaiah Bryant, every mainstream media outlet and their mother's dog connected it to the aforementioned Chauvin trial as just the next grievance to be remedied. Bryant's mother, who we later learned doesn't even have custody of her daughter, described her as a peace-loving honor student. And then the body cam footage came out, which showed police responding to the scene of an altercation between multiple teenage girls. Bryant busts onto the scene, wielding a knife and was just inches away from sla- the neck of another teen before the responding officer opened fire, killing Bryant. In another video of the incident, Bryant can be heard screaming, I'm going to stab the blank out of you, you blank, while lunging at two unarmed people who were obviously posing her no threat. Naturally, the racialists hemmed and hawed between knife fights are normal teenage infrastructure and why isn't every cop a dead eye who can magically shoot tiny targets? But the racialists had a crescendo on Wednesday night when NBA star LeBron James tweeted, We did out a photograph of the officer involved with the shooting with the caption saying you're
1: next hashtag
2: accountability. White police officers in America's large cities can't win.
1: Have you guys seen the security cam footage uh, with the other side with the opposite angle of this incident in Columbus? Uh, This cop who when he gets out of the car looks like he might be the smallest human being involved in this entire scenario gets out a rather large gentleman is just kicking a girl sitting there on the ground. Uh, he jumps out, doesn't have guns a blazing, uh, instead tries to peacefully intervene, holds the gentleman who's kicking the girl back, um, but he it, it's, its he's meek about it. I mean, he asserts himself, but he's not in there, you know, uh, he's not, uh, you know, going boss hog or Roscoe, Pico, Coltrane, you know, train in the middle of it. He's hes in control of the situation. So you see his, his tenor, uh, his perspective when he gets in, this was he was not on edge or anything of that nature it was just we saw somebody brandish a knife almost kill somebody and acted so first question paul I'll start with you would you encourage someone you care about to become a cop
3: it's a very complicated question in this day and age um first and foremost i would need to understand their reasons for wanting to become a cop what drives that person what are their character flaws Anyone who I sense really enjoys power, I I wouldn't want them as a police officer. And I think Todd can attest to that. But assuming this is a responsible person who doesn't have any obvious racial biases and feels a genuine call to service, my answer would probably depend on where they live if in new york city or los angeles or portland or seattle i would have a very difficult time encouraging them to join the police Mm -hmm. those local governments simply will not have your back and will sell you down the river for political expediency i was remarkably disappointed by the statement andrew yang released following the derek chauvin verdict and He's someone I've heralded on this show Mm -hmm. as a voice of reason within the Democratic Party, but so eager to appease the mob. He released a statement saying that countless black and brown men, women and trans people are being killed at the hands of the police. You know, as someone who ran as the math candidate and who supposedly values objective data, he should know better than to peddle such a false and dangerous narrative not supported by the facts. But this this is what he thinks he has to say to become mayor of New York City, which is revealing. Here's the thing, Steve. I think police reform is one of those issues that's nowhere near as divisive as how it's actually being portrayed. Yes, you have some nuts on the left who want to abolish the police and some nuts on the right who are apologists for every bad cop and treat law enforcement as if they're infallible. All right. Fine. Even with that, I would argue somewhere between, I don't know, 70 or 80 percent of the country both understand the value of law enforcement and recognize that greater transparency and accountability would be a good thing. Reforms like a national use of force standard or more comprehensive data collection would allow for better policing of our police. And I think most would embrace that. But of course, common ground and bipartisanship are not good for fundraising or television ratings. So we're stuck in this stupid game where everyone loses.
1: Just got an email, just as you were talking, Paul, from a a viewer in Canada who pointed out a story from Ontario where their local government is embattled right now about their COVID lockdowns. People are just beyond tired of it. And apparently a cop went to a skate park yesterday and because a 12 year old was there and wasn't supposed to gets on a cop is on camera, shoving a 12 year old to the ground uh, for showing up outdoors at a skate park. And that's, that's, that's the kind of thing that is that, that visual, like I'm not saying it's of the same, um, uh, moral equivalency but situational the the potency of the visual of Derek Chauvin's knee on the neck of George Floyd right that's a powerful visual too a cop just shows up and starts shoving a 12 year old kid to the ground because he wants to skate at a park outside so Todd what are your thoughts in this conversation given your own personal experience
0: I I would not and I, I think I think a couple things are going to have to happen. I really think most of our American inner cities, it's, it's not going to be an informal loss of police protection. It's going to be more informal in that there they, they just won't be pe- people are going to quit. Uh, Baltimore, as I think I mentioned earlier in the week, is down
1: understaffed by 700 police officers. Then you get to start attracting the very element. It becomes a self-fulfilling yeah, prophecy, yes. right? Yes. You start to end up attracting the very element That's that is the point. very near-to-wells that you're, you say that everybody is. Yeah. So,
0: so both sides, I think, already needed before this year some fundamental reform. Both, obviously, inner-city America, which has just gone feral, quite frankly, in many respects. And to Paul's point, uh, I think he's... I understand why I think he's being too generous. I don't think most cops are bad cops. I think most cops are uh, capable cops. And But I think there's actually more cops that are on the edge of going something close to Chauvin. Because, listen, I think on that... T- I, I think Chauvin is, in fact... Uh, guilty and i predicted it before it came out i do think he is in fact guilty and once i came to understand that charge more of uh, secondary unintentional murder i think he was trying to without apology on camera commit a felony. i don't think he tried to kill him but i think he was so brazen he had a crowd watching him he's like yeah what are you going to do about me he had gotten to that i don't know where he started but he had gotten to that point where that's what he was doing and i think there's a lot of cops ah
1: uh, you're saying that basically they're on their last nerve
0: absolutely and and understandably so in some respects but i think it's a little too easy to say like 99 percent of cops are just great and fantastic man they've been look at what they've been pushed to and look and a lot of them don't get into it for the right reasons paul's right they do like power too much and this is just a tinderbox man
2: aaron what say you i'd say the majority of the time i would say no now, whether that majority is 51 to 49% of the time, I I'd, I'd tell somebody I love uh, who's wanting to become a cop, I tell them no, I, I don't know, or whether it's 75% of the time, but I'd look at and see whether that person uh, have, has a servant's heart. And then, uh, second to that, where they want to serve. If they want to serve in the inner cities of Baltimore, uh, like we're talking about, um, you better have a direct calling from, from God uh to do that like Especially the audible if, voice like the audible voice of God telling you to go to inner city Baltimore or Chicago or You got like a like Fatima
1: that. prophecy. Yes, exactly.
2: Yeah. You better have an audible voice of God telling you to do that. Um otherwise I I'd, I'd say no. It's not even Gotham anymore. At least in Gotham at least in Gotham there were uh organized crimes. There there were there were um um organized Uh, facets of the inner city there that were really just a plague upon the whole town and so you could have a figure like a batman come in no this is just the ground is bad the ground is bad in a lot of these places minus revival minus spiritual awakening and there are a lot of good organizations who are working to achieve that but in a lot of these areas it's just it's dark it's it's really forsaken um so what's What's really to channel my inner Hillary Clinton? Uh, what uh, what's what's the point? What good at this point does it do? Um, so I would say most of the time, no.
1: The situation in Columbus, I think, speaks to this. I mean, uh, a white cop walks in, and again, you look at the video from the security camera angle on, across the street. It's clear, he, even though a lot of the fight is women, he's probably the smallest human being in this uh, in this setting. He walks in. He's the only white guy. Big black man kicking a, a black girl down on the ground. He immediately steps in. A guy that's two times uh, twice his size could crush him, and he steps in to uh, restrain him. And then another uh, w- a- another woman uh, takes a knife to the throat of another one. And if he acts, then um, he has the most visible athlete on planet Earth tweeting out his photo as essentially a veiled, maybe not even veiled, threat against him. If he doesn't act, then, you know, he's the updated uh, Flavor Flav, 911 is a joke in your town, right? It's a non-winning scenario. It's it's a Kobe. Being a cop now in a lot of these settings, even if you're doing it for the right reason, man, every day you have to get up and ask yourself, is today my Kobayashi Maru test? Yeah. The no-win scenario. Let's get to the exit question. True or false? Maybe it is time to give some of these communities, like the ones that, that Paul mentioned, maybe it's time to give them their wish. Just go ahead. Sometimes when you're raising kids, I didn't understand this until I had teenagers. When, they're, when you don't have kids, or especially when your kids are little, man, you want to protect them from everything in the world. But then after a while, when they start forming their own conscience and they start rebelling against you, you realize, you know what? You have to just learn this lesson on your own. Now, I'll be over here once you learn it. And, I'm, and, and I'll try to step in if it gets too nuts, but you may have to feel this pain on your own. So along those lines, maybe some of these communities just give them what they want. Just abolish the police and let's just see how they truly get along without them. True or false? What do you think, Todd? It's true. Paul?
3: False. And I'm shocked that Aaron has an inner Hillary Clinton.
1: <laughs> Aaron, go ahead. I think it's true. Let's get to our uh, issue four. Quickly, our kicker now. The mob has come for Richard Dawkins. All right, so the mob turned on the first bishop of cancel culture this week. Richard Dawkins, the most successful God canceler ever. Um, uh, He dared to assert that only men are men and women are women. So he's been canceled. Give me a very, very quick answer so we have time for predictions. Who will the mob turn on next? Predict. Pope Francis. Barack Obama. That's a hopeful wish, Todd. Barack Obama. Nice. Paul. Senator
3: Kirsten Cinema. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that thing is hanging by a very slim thread right now. And I love that about her, yeah, actually. All right. Let's get your predictions. Paul, you get to go first. Go ahead.
3: All right. Off the massive success of Steve and Todd's number one bestseller, Blaze TV is going to give the Steve Day show two pilot spinoffs. First, Newsweek editor and constitutional law scholar, Josh Hammer. Blaze TV's token liberal and the white Juan Williams, Paul Alexander. It is a modern day Hannity and Combs. Blaze TV presents to you, Hammer and Sickle.
1: (laughs) That is great. Hammer and Sickle. We got more. We got more. We
3: got Days Group favorite New York radio host, Shannon Joy, teaming with co-author of the number one bestseller and everyone's favorite Catholic curmudgeon, Todd Erzin, in a show I like to call Joy for the
0: Joyless.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure which one I like better. Actually, I just know I'm going to tune in every day just to see the logos hammer and sickle it's phenomenal that's just phenomenal marketing oh, I in I'm in on but all joy it. for the joyless are you kidding me that's got to be on every eighty eight point one Christian radio station in America. Joy for the joyless that's phenomenal follow that up Todd uh I predict Todd's going to be very disappointed that the mob will never come for Pope Francis but not that but go ahead my prediction is that David
0: French will run the Caitlyn Jenner campaign for governor of California. <laughs> oh. I did it. In your face. I thought you Paul had no Alexander chance. In
1: your face. I thought you had no chance to follow that up, dude, but you came off the top rope. Yeah. All right,
2: Aaron, go ahead. I'm the executive producer of this show. At least that's what you hired me as. And I'm making the executive decision not to make a prediction. Because this you
1: don't even want to step no. into that. I hear you. I'm going to make a very quick one, though. Uh, Biden is going to call for an end to outdoor masking at his first national address next week. I think all the signs are there, the coordination of the, of the, of the Democrat media. Maybe we don't need an outdoor mask, blah, 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 blah. Uh, You were telling me, and I see it where everywhere I go outdoors, people are just beyond tired of wearing a period, but especially out there. I think that's going to be a hundred day win, right? And they're going to call for an end to outdoor masking in his first national address next week. Paul, you have 20, uh, twenty seconds. You have any thoughts on my prediction?
3: I think it's very likely. Uh, I'm even seeing it more and more in New York City that it's not quite as fervent as it was a few months ago in terms of the outdoor masking. So I think it's, I think it's a logical prediction.
1: Great stuff, brother. I mean the 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 the, the the marketing at the end was just, again, um, yes, that was very well done. We'll ah, see you down the road. You. Take care, friend. All right. Great to see you guys. Yep. We'll come back with Hour 2 and feedback Friday when we return. Stay tuned. Greetings, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. And all of you, let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Don't forget, you can also like us on Facebook, MeWe, Gab and Parlor. Look for Steve Dace there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Show. And if you like censored clips of the show... Go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace, rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show for an alternative to YouTube. If you want to just get the real thing without any censorship, become a subscriber with a discounted subscription today at blaze TV.com slash Dace. Again, that's D E A C E. You'll get a discounted subscription that will also give you exclusive content. We offer only two subscribers each day here at Blaze TV, including. Our overtime blaze tv.com slash dace uh if you're a podcast listener thank you very much for being so we appreciate that please though show your appreciation for us in return by hitting that subscribe button uh leaving us a five-star review on whichever podcast platform you patronize uh, or is it patronize it's patronized thank you uh we appreciate the thousands of you that have done those things for us already and if you have not done so we would appreciate it if you would this portion of the show, Feedback Friday, part uno, will be brought to you by Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, you know, we've learned a lot this year about how our healthcare system has can fail, particularly the experts behind it. Because one of the things you should have been told all along is to check your vitamin D level. Now, if you lived in other parts of the world, they would tell you things like that. We don't tell you things like that here. Um, there's a lot of things that you could have done preventatively to make yourself just lifestyle changes, a a lot less uh, vulnerable to COVID. And that's why we present to you products like field of greens. Uh, it's not like other superfoods because it uses real USDA organic fruits and vegetables that are packed with uh, antioxidants. In fact, there's up to 18 of them. Clinically researched uh, in each and every serving, including other things in there that are all natural and good for you as well, like ginger, green tea, beets, etc. This is the kind of uh, regimen that most Americans don't get in a given day. One glass will give you more fruits and vegetables that are rich, dense with what we need uh, from a nutrition standpoint, uh, a preventative health standpoint, than most Americans will consume in a day, if not more. If you want to give it a shot, Field of Greens, you just uh, take a scoop, mix it in any water-based drink, stir it together, and you are good to go. Uh, it's the easiest, fastest way that you can help start living a healthier lifestyle now. It's available in original Wildberry and now Lemon Lime. Just go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Use the promo code Steve to get 15% off. Promo code Steve for 15% off at BrickHouseSteve.com. For Feedback Friday, I want to begin with a note. I would normally not share something with you this long. And typically, if you send me something this long, I just don't have time. And I just, even if it's brilliant, I tune it out. But because this is coming from an American living abroad and the and the country that she is from and her perspective, I, I thought we should take the time to share this with the audience. This is from Susan who writes, first, I would like to say thank you for everything you guys have done over the last year to fight back against COVID Stan. I started listening soon before COVID hit at My mother's recommendation have caught nearly every episode uh, since the, the Frank, no sugar coated attitude. Y'all each bring to the show brings sense to a chaotic world. I may be a millennial, uh, but it feels like I don't recognize the country that I grew up in. I'm a biological researcher by vocation, and it has been exceptionally painful watching uh, canonical science be butchered and bastardized into a, a senseless amorphic jumble of meaningless words and phrases instead of the product of observation and deductive reasoning that is supposed, that it is supposed to be. My virology professor back in college taught me that a scientist must always have a heavy dose of skepticism. Hence the phrase, the science is settled, is typically BS. Uh, Even on foundational premises, because so few things in science rise to the level of certainty as to be called laws. We are always supposed to check our certitude, and we must always leave the possibility there is an unknown variable which we were unable to ascertain or account for. Yet it seems like all these scientists on TV have completely forgotten that when they say science is settled. Watching the devolution and devotion towards science has been exceptionally disturbing. It feels like the hard sciences are being overrun by the soft sciences. And in the end, it will be the death of scientific reasoning altogether. All the things I have known to be true as supported by evidence are now being refuted and deified, are now being refuted by deified scientists and parroted around people who couldn't even name the central dogma of molecular biology or any other part of the cell, let alone the life cycle of a virus, and yet they say believe in science. In science, there is nothing to believe. There is fact in supposition, but there is not faith. By being, a dis- by being a discipline of observation, there is nothing at all that one needs to take blindly on faith. When you say this is a cult, you're right, it's a perfect word for it. Their cult-like understanding of science is so superficial that they can't fathom that what they are saying doesn't make sense they are speaking a language they don't even know they have abdicated their own intellectual responsibility of self-education have asked their spiritual orator to tell them what to believe and how science works without ever questioning if what he says is true watching fauci lie and give qualifier after qualifier sans evidence or actual empirical data has been the most aggravating part my anger towards him as a person, as a scientist, is visceral. He discredits us actual scientists with every utterance and, feel, and it feels like a betrayal and also a personal attack. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work you all have done for releasing your new book to help give a resource for the rest of America because we need a heavy dose of facts. In addition uh, to, to my thanks, I wanted to share how life in the time of COVID here is across the pond. My husband uh, is military, and at the end of February, I came back to Italy, where we will likely be for a few years. It was culture shock the first time I moved to Italy several years ago, but this shock was something else. I had left Italy mid-February 2020 to return to Texas for a year, right before the pandemic hit, so I had not seen how everything had changed. Here, the masking is worse than the states. Thankfully, the Karen mask holes are not really a trend here, but that is really more because everyone is wearing a mask When you go outside, you are required to wear a mask. When you have people over to your house, you are supposed to wear them. We see people, even gaggles of children, taking walks around the neighborhood in masks. How can I explain to them that they need to keep their immune system strong and actually take in the dust and allergens outside? In Texas, we had a certain degree of freedom to move around. But when I came to Italy, it was another world entirely. During my flight, I had started to not feel well, though it was minimal discomfort more of a malaise than anything, but I had started to panic. The feeling I had of traveling with the mask, with my negative covid test papers, wondering if 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 I would be even allowed to enter the country was a fear I'd never felt before. I was absolutely terrified. What if I started running a temperature? What if I coughed? Will someone kick me off the flight? If I seem anxious, will border control let me pass? A few days later, my husband and I both tested positive for covid. Here in Italy, though, it is different. The government sets up the test, tells you when to go, get your appointment, and then if you test positive, you are blocked in in your home and you're not allowed to leave. If you have other members in your house, you have to be able to isolate yourself from them entirely, and the health ministry can come to your house at any time and check if you're obeying. These tests are set up for you every 10 days until you test negative. You aren't allowed to even go outside and take a walk out in the fresh air. Thankfully, we have a yard, but it flies in the face of immunology to tell people they have to stay inside. Vitamin D is, is great for your immune system, and the best way to get it is to go outside and get some sunshine. Thankfully, we have a yard. Many Italian homes, though, do not, given they often have apartment-style housing, and single-family homes are more rare. We were fortunate. My husband was COVID-negative after 10 days. For me, it took about three weeks However, for us, the isolation wasn't over. Italy has zoning laws that indicate what your COVID restrictions are. In a red zone, you're not supposed to travel outside of your own town, which is very difficult for us because we live in a small town up the mountainside from everyone else in our friend group. In their beneficence, the government loosened the red zone laws for the Easter weekend. You were allowed to travel once a day to a private home of a person within the same region with a maximum of two people as guests. Unless, of course, you have children under 14 And they can go along as well. When my husband first told me the rules, it was like a stab in the gut. I felt like a caged animal. I had no freedom to move, to go where I pleased. I felt trapped. My rage came out in tears, then morphed into resolve. To add insult to injury in our group of six friends that broke bread on Easter, four of us have had it and one is vaccinated. I was done, done with the lies, done with the farce here. They celebrate Easter Monday as well. So the next 10 of us and a toddler had the traditional dinner and celebrated together in the basement of a friend's house as helicopters passed by to check rooftops and balconies for any signs of large gatherings. Here, the government has more control and there are far fewer personal liberties, so fighting back is harder. I have been unmasked for a great amount of this past year, but there is a level of compliance I adhere to simply because I'm not a citizen here in Italy, only a resident, and I don't really have any rights here. But I have put my foot down on wearing masks outside. I carry it around in my pocket to comply if there's a cop stop or when you have to go into a business, but I won't go along with the nonsense. The other night, my husband and I took a naked-faced walk to the city center to have dinner at a friend's restaurant that is supposed to be closed until COVID restrictions end. It felt um, rebellious how far we have come that something this normal now feels like rebellion. So I pray that everyone in your audience heed your call to take action against this tyranny. I wish I could be there alongside everyone in civil disobedience against this unscientific charade and this infringement on our God-given rights because I want a country to come home to. I know this was a long message, but there is so much that has built up over this past year that really it just comes to a head these last couple of months when faced with a true lack of liberty. We all need to remember to hold that right precious, defend it, and thank God for it every day. That's from Susan. You guys have any thoughts on that?
2: When do you think think you're going to be more willing to fight back? Right now, when Karen... Or manager Karen confronts you about not wearing your mask in a store? Or when helicopters are going overhead, making sure you're not on your rooftop enjoying Easter? When do you think you're going to be more inclined to fight back? If you're not now, you're never then. And that then is coming down the pike a lot quicker, as this last year has shown, if we don't do something and put a line in the the sand. In Italy it looks like government fascism here it's increasingly looking like corporate fascism which is the same thing the melding of mm-hmm. elites in in both sectors it's just coming from different different places you're you're never going to have an easier time to fight back let's be honest about that as as inconvenient as gross as this last year has been it's never actually going to be more easy to fight back against this type of stuff as it is right now So why aren't you if you're not?
0: Yeah, that is so obviously true, which is why this is so frustrating and why the issues we talked about on this show in many ways, you know, when there's school board issues, things like that, where they come up. The same is true there. This is still your country. In fact, to the extent that what Aaron says is undeniably true. If you just show up as the righteous mob. You'll get what you want, but are you ever willing to be a part of that? You're always actually explaining it. away. Uh, it's not the way of doing things, and he's always rocking the boat, and there's a better way. You'll be getting that crap from Mitt Romney forever. Aaron is exactly right. Now or probably never.
1: Daniel writes, no, not Daniel Horowitz, although I could see him saying this. I'd rather have Bill Maher as my governor than Mike DeWine.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I,
1: I, I could see Daniel Horowitz saying that, but no, it's a, it's a different Daniel. You get pithy commentaries instead of sonnets to a virus. Yes. Jenna says, you keep asking where are the men at? My theory as to why this is happening is Todd's favorite topic. The destruction of reality through the destruction of the sexes, the neutering of boys so they do not become strong, powerful, protective men, and also the neutering of girls who do not become nurturing, protective mothers to their children and allies to the men. This neutering, of course, was just the first step toward removing any and all differences between the sexes. This past year, I was the one walking into stores without a mask from the beginning and making them tell me to put it on at the very least before yanking it off while I shopped. Or I would refuse to shop there if I could and just leave. Initially, my husband would just wear a mask and murmur something about being worried about getting in trouble. He resisted the idea that this would be anything more than a couple of months of stupid. I was dumbfounded at his cowardice and even disgusted, to admit to be honest. But I quickly reminded myself that as a product of modern society, I had chosen him 25 years ago because I wanted a passive, gentle, sweet man. I really wanted weak and non-threatening. It is what it is. Even with years of working to try to undo our conditioning, we still struggle. But with my encouragement and example, he is more my ally now than not. And is a confidently mask-free man now, even giving looks of death when someone comes to the door asking uh, if he, uh, when, when he asked at the door if someone wants to give him a mask. As an actual child abuse survivor, thanks to this neutered society, and living with real PTSD, everything feels like a threat to me every day, even things that aren't, and my preferred state is of uh, being is invisible. But I knew my fear of the reactions of others in the store was a small price to pay, and I had to fight. This is a war, and I had to do what I could. People needed a reminder of what normal was and what reality is. But I would ask myself sometimes why I had to do this. Where are the really strong, confident people who grew up in loving families who had their marbles firmly in place? Other mama bears online related the same in their area of the country. Why isn't anyone standing with us even now? Here in Texas, I'm still in a small minority walking around stores with my naked face, but we mama bears, we will keep fighting. Jen, I'm reminded I did our friend Shannon Joy show earlier this week talking about our book, Fauci and Bargain. And she said, you know, if I hear from one more bro dude, Man, the Civil War is coming, man. And she's like, son, you won't walk into Rite Aid without a mask, without a Chinese face diaper. And you're talking about a Civil War? Get the bleep out of here with that, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. This is where we need men and women. We need each other, all right? So a few weeks ago, you guys know, my oldest daughter moved out, got her own place, Mm -hmm. and we helped her move. And a guy that uh, she just started uh, dating came over to help her move. And pretty well put together young man, played football and stuff in high school. You know, and, and the couch that she's getting from her grandmother has, it has is a dual recliner. It has reclining seats on each end. Needless to say, not a light piece of furniture. So given that her friends were there... And this this guy that that she's seeing that this new guy she's seeing showed up. I made him do the couch. And she's like, "Why?" And I said, "Well, uh, Dad used to make make uh, young men swim alligator-infested moats for their daughters. i want to make this one move the couch. Let's you know. First of all, it was nice of him to show up. Put him to work. And you have to understand the 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 natural basic instinct of masculinity doesn't. Come to the forefront without women. Our carnal state is passivity as men. We're sons of Adam. I've talked how many times over the years? When Eve is there falling into deception, where is Adam? He is there. He's there. Now, like three sentences ago, he is made vicar over the earth by the almighty God. God. I've given you dominion. You have dominion of this creation I have just made. I'm passing my authority to reign and rule in my stead onto you. You're the vicar here. You're going to do this in my place. I pass my authority. I made you in my image. I give my authority. I bestow it upon you. He couldn't even muster a not-today Satan. He just stands there and does nothing. Nothing. The reality is that the masculine nature the world needs and you women want almost always derives from actually our desire for you. And then our desire to protect you, defend you, keep you, impress you. we need that's the complementary nature of the of the sexes of the genders we we need each other you need things from us for us to do the things that you need us to do for you and we need things from you in order to give you what you need and want from us almost as if i don't know weirdly like it's intentional you know like fundamental perhaps. Yeah, fundamental, you know, that they were meant to actually be joined together in such a way, right? That that's and so what's the issue here? That's what I loved about Jenna's note. What what's the problem here? That women have been told they can become like men and a lot of the of nurturing femininity, which by the way has a, you know, a pretty independent spirit. I wasn't raised by a feminist, but man, I'll tell you what. On a daily basis, if I had a choice between Dave's beatings and here and looking and Vicky looking at me and saying, "I'm really, really disappointed in you," I'm like, "Dude, when does Dad get home?" Okay, those marks will go away. That cuts me deep, Shrek. You know what I'm saying? So, which which went away first that caused the other to go away? Yes, is the answer. They went away at the same time. We we, we gave up our birthrights, says. People made in the image of God. We fell for a lie. And here we are. And so we were told that men could be more sensitive. That doesn't mean that I, I, we, we can't be patient and giving and nurturing. But what we really were trying to do is make men more like women. So that we could then encourage women to become more like men. And now we don't have either. Now we have one of the greatest athletes in the history of our country. Really in the history of the of the world, folks. In the history of the world. Now wants to be a woman. He's got untreated mental illness. Untreated mental illness is running for governor of California, officially. So, The men can become more like women, and the women can become more like men. And now we have neither. We fell for a lie. Now, I don't know the whole way out of here, man. I don't. I'm not a prophet. I'm not an apostle. But I do know this. When in a hole, the first step to getting out is to put down the shovel, right? Can we at least do that? Now, I don't know the whole way out of this hole that we, and and I'm doubtful we didn't get here overnight. I'm doubtful we're getting out of it overnight. But can we all agree to stop digging? Can we do that? Then we can maybe get some really smart people in a room and figure out, you know, how to get out of the hole we're in. But let's at least agree, men and women alike, stop digging. Put down the shovel. That's the first step here. That's why our show is adamant. No quarter. One of the great bass lines of any song of all time. Led Zeppelin's No Quarter. No quarter on the gender stuff on this program. None. From anybody. Zero quarter. No. 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 We're not affirming it on any level whatsoever. That's the only thing we can do at this point is to stop digging the hole. Put the shovel down. That's the first step. We're putting the shovel down. The answer is no. We're not doing this any longer. Now, as a kid born to a 15-year-old mom who at times had a great dad and then other times had a dad who thought the great Santini was a wuss, I'm I'm really not that equipped. Frankly, I I can't believe I have not permanently marked my children yet. So I'm I'm not the one. I'm not I'm not your new da- I'm not the new Dr. Dobson here, man. I, I don't. I'm not the one to guide us into the. Um, to a return to, to masculine, feminine um, orthodoxy and and nirvana. I just know we need to figure out a way there. I don't know how to get there, okay? But I know enough that we got to stop digging the hole. We got to stop, put the shovel down. And that's the first step. No, no one any more of this. Now, what to do with the stuff we've already allowed? we got to figure that part of it out. And I don't know. We're going to have to, you know, come now, reason together, wisdom in a multitude of counsel to figure some of that stuff out. Okay? But can we all at least agree today, no more of this? Can we do that first? Then we'll go back and figure out how to undo the damage that's already been done. But no more of this. We're putting the shovel down. Any thoughts on that?
0: Testify. I mean, that was one of the most remarkable Letters to me in its honesty, its Dacian level of honesty uh, about the feet of clay in uh, her own uh, marriage, her own assumptions about what led to marriage in the first place. My goodness, how uh, the church has failed. Now, she doesn't mention that as a background, but I, I used to do premarital uh counseling it's part of our church the married couple fostering Mm -hmm. and so and wow i mean just the 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 assumptions that young couples even through the prism of faith are just not entertaining about their complementarity their duties to one another uh it it, it, it's everything her note note
1: affirms it later on yeah she says you know what I'm the one that conditioned, yeah. I, I conditioned my man to be this passive. Right. So you know what? I can help condition my man to actually be the man he was Absolutely. originally created to be. Absolutely. So she she even, she even closes the loop in her own email. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I really
0: profoundly impressed with your level of critical thinking and emotional maturity to write that letter.
2: Yeah. And just... Uh, I mean, for the for the men as well, I I heard him back to another level or another letter, I should say, that was uniquely honest from a few weeks ago that you addressed, I think, at the top of one of the shows Uh, Dace, you're really causing um, my household to be uh not at peace because uh my wife wears a ma- doesn't wear a mask into the store and she doesn't want me to and now my children are doing this as well and now my home is not at peace um that's honest that's honest not in the same fashion um you are not in in, in that vein i would just say uh, to to the men you never ever ever think that it's your uh, right to be comfortable in leading your family or leading your communities or leading your church family or small group, whatever that is. Um, eventually when you're allow when you allow yourself to be comfortable, whether it's from external or internal forces, you end up like that guy that I just described in the email where it's really, you're, you're not really stepping up. And that's where the, that's where the source of the, of the discontent in your home and your life is. It's from, your discontent is actually your own passivity. That, that's where that comes from. It, it seems paradoxical, but that's where it comes from. Never, ever, ever, whether externally or internally, allow yourself to think you have the right to be comfortable on any level.
1: You know, free email services like Gmail and Yahoo, you know, they're not really free. We pay with our privacy. And since those companies have access to every email you send and receive, I see now that Google is now stopping people from sharing things on their Google Drives, which means they're reading and scanning what you're posting there on your Google Drive folder. All right. So big tech can sell your data after they're done censoring it, of course, to the highest bidder. That's why you want to trust Startmail to secure your email and make your email feel, feel safe again. It'll keep your email private, period. Every email is encrypted, even if the recipient doesn't use encryption, which means big tech can't read, scan, analyze, or sell your personal information ever. Not even Big Brother can snoop around your email. Startmail also prevents government agencies from spying on you as well, like in Dragnet operations, for example. With Start Mail, delete will mean deleted. When you delete an email, it is gone forever, and they have their own servers, not Amazon's, which means they can't be put out of business like what they tried to do with Parler. It is backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. You're going to get limited anonymous aliases. This feature protects your main email address from spam and phishing accounts too. So if you don't trust big tech, and you should not, start securing your email privacy with Startmail. Sign up today and you'll get 50% off your first year, half off your first year, Go to startmail.com slash Steve. That's startmail with a T. Start mail. S-T-A-R-T. Startmail.com slash Steve. Get 50% off your first year at startmail.com slash Steve. We have a a ton of good notes. Um, I'm going to try to rapid fire. Emphasis on try- you guys just send us good notes and we just want to respond. It just feels odd to like share like some of these profound notes. And then we just move on to the next one. Like, Hey, that was trite. You know, <laughs> um, we want to give you feedback on your feedback, but we're going to try to get through as many of these as we can. When we come back over under and placing it at three. Oh, it's under. You think it's under? Yeah, it's under. All right. You know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to make sure we get to four, just out of spite for Speed you guys. Speed reading seminar coming up yes. on the Steve Day Show. It'll be like a disclaimer and a big pharma ad. Yes. Stay tuned. More Feedback Friday in a moment. <laughs> Bill Barr is the best tasting protein bar ever and one of their most popular flavors. Coconut brownie chunk is back, and it is spectacular. Almost as good as my personal favorite, uh, the cookie dough one. But a lot of people actually think this one's better, but you know me. I'm a uh, cookie dough fanatic. I'm like Elf when it comes to cookie dough. It could be like a food group, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I I just love the look of appropriate disdain on Erzin's face. Whenever my, uh, as he calls it, Dacian levels of transparency comes out about my uh, certain idiosyncrasies right 12 year old boy palette yes yes Uh, that i have the palette of a 12 year old boy you once said yes i mean i can feel the judgment coming off of you and i i totally respect it it's an equal
2: mix of admiration for the honesty and disdain
1: yes for what
0: i'm being honest about this is my repayment about the boomerang comment on the pope and you were just like that's adorable kid nice job
1: Right. So if you want to give Built Barr a shot, especially with coconut brownie chunk, which even Todd Erzins cracked a smile for. I have. Yeah. Uh, even he thought that was legit. Uh, right now, up to 18 grams of protein per bar, uh, an average of five grams of sugar per bar. Now, the, you should be warned, the coconut brownie chunk has a little bit more than that. But still, it's not like you're it's a protein bar. It's not a candy bar. You have to worry about it. Five net carbs per bar. Uh, you've never had a protein bar this good or a candy bar or something that tasted like a candy bar, that was this good for you as well. If you want to give it a shot, use the promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E. It's hard to believe with how much I've pimped this product over the last many moons. Someone in this audience has still not tried this. If that is you, BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE. Get 15% off to get you started. You'll thank me later. BuiltBar.com, promo code DACE. All right. Back to some feedback Friday. And this note from Kurt Simpson says, I've been around guns my whole life. I still have my original NRA card from 1964. Wow. He says, Okay, I'm an old guy. Uh, Anyway, I I took my wife to the uh, the front site uh, uh, weapons teaching that you guys are talking about. She was deathly afraid of guns. After the two day course, she was no longer afraid. In fact, she now wants to own her own gun and has one. The facility they have in Nevada is fantastic. The classroom knowledge and the actual practice you get on the range, life changing experience for anyone. I cannot say enough positive things about this facility. So please keep talking about them. Well, Kurt, thank you for the note because that's also a prompt that I need to remind everybody that the next event. Uh, for this firearms training, uh, the Constitutional Defense Course. May 30th, June 6th, are the next two courses. If you go to constitutioncoach.com, that uh, is Rick Green's outfit. He works with the David Barton over at Wall Builders just had me on their Wall Builders podcast talking about Fauci and Bargain. You can get 90% off of their training. Now, travel and accommodations are up to you, but 90% off their training at their facility just outside of Nevada right now at constitutioncoach.com. Constitutioncoach.com. You guys have probably heard if you listen to Daniel's podcast as well. He has done this himself, raves about it. It's They do the physical training during the day and then at night, Uh, they, 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 they test your brain with knowledge of the constitution and the second amendment. So 90% off the training that Kurt, our emailer was just raving about. When you go to constitutioncoach.com, register today at constitutioncoach.com. Uh, this one is, I'm going to, I chose, they didn't ask me to, but I chose to withhold the name myself. She writes, my husband and I have two children. We live in Southern California where they are still worshiping the mask. Whether store or restaurant, I've been walking in with no mask on, only putting it on if politely asked. However, I've hit a wall and I'm just politely declining to wear it. So sometimes I'm still served. Other times I'm asked to leave. My husband, however, when we are with him, always puts a mask on. And I notice the kids noticing who has courage and who doesn't. Is there anything I can do as a wife to encourage my husband to be able to stand and push back? I'm very interested in your thoughts from a man's perspective. I'm not sure whether to push it as I think I have been more emasculating to him in the past. And I'm not trying to do that. Okay. What we're about to talk about applies, I think, far broad, much more broadly, ladies, with your men than just a mask. Okay? Because this really comes down to how do I get my man to take the sword from Elrond, right? And step into being the man he was created to be. Isn't that, that's that's basically what she's asking, right? The mask is just the scenario, but it could be virtually anything along these lines. Before we even talk about your own man's persona, here's the number one rule, ladies, number one. And it doesn't matter which persona your man has, this is a universal one. Okay. This is a universal don't ever do this. Don't shame your men. You may get instantly the reaction from him you want just to appease you and to make this reaction go away, but it will, it will engender resentment. Don't do that. Now, we as guys, we can shame each other because there's a certain, line that we know well we used to know now we're wondering if this exists but somewhere in the dude code is a line if you go too far dude i'm just gonna bust your nose right there's a a certain there's a certain self-enforcing mechanism that we can shame one another to get somebody to take it to stand up and do what we think they ought to do because within within that that dude dialectic there is always an underlying current of if you go too far, someone's going to get punched, right? Not, and not necessarily out of vengeance or malice. You just, you got to come in. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean? yeah. Just you crossed the line yeah. and you'll thank me for it later. Yeah. Don't do it again. Yes. That dynamic obviously doesn't exist between man and wife and it should not. Do not nag. Nagging, I would view this as a form of shaming. Do not practice shame as a motivational tactic with your men. Whatever short-term reaction, response you get that you appreciate in the moment, you will regret later, I promise you. You will either further emasculate him or you will engender resentment. So that's rule number one. You okay with that? Yeah. Okay. That's a, To me, that's like an absolute, don't do that. Then we get down to what kind of man are you? Um. I remember the late great Bo Schembechler, the former the former Hall of Fame Michigan football coach, said that he there were two types of young men that came into his program and he didn't mean offense defense or white and black, right? Two kinds of men. There was the and he had to figure out you got to learn which of these two men and one's not better than the other, but which of these two men this individual is so that um, he would know how to motivate them. One individual comes in and if you say to him, you know what, man, I don't think you can do that. He needs, he responds to positive reinforcement. So he needs, to, so if you, if he needs you to say, if you say, I don't think you can do that, he's like, wow, coach thinks, coach doesn't even think I can do it. So I probably can't, right? Mm-hmm. Don't say that to the guy that needs positive reinforcement. Then there's the other guy you're like, no, I'm not wasting my time. I know you can't do that. That guy will do it just to spite you, mm-hmm. and if he and if and, and but that's also the guy that if you keep telling him over and over how great he is, he'll he'll in, internally receive that as I don't have to do anything more. I've arrived. Don't do that, okay? You'll create complacency. So, back to rule number one. When it comes to women, you can slickly say. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I'd be really impressed if you could do that. And maybe I'll show you later how impressed I'd be if you could do that. That might be a way to do that without shaming your husband. If he if he's a negative reinforcement responder, meaning he he likes to be the guy that proves people wrong, that shows people um, that he overcomes adversity. He can be the contrarian. All right. But do that, but not in a way that is shaming. Because I will tell you this, I'm a person that responds to negative reinforcement from another guy. You challenge me, I'm going to want to prove you wrong. But there is no greater encouragement than to hear my wife say, I'm proud of what you did. We're very proud of you. Which may indicate, just in my own experience, but You know me, I don't think men are really unique. I think we're all the same to some extent. We have different personalities, but our motivations, our drivers are pretty much all the same. It's just whether the things we believe that drive those motivations are good or not. Um, It leads me to believe that while I I will respond productively if Todd or Aaron challenge me directly, when it comes to my wife, I need a different form of reinforcement from her. So I would suggest you go to your husband and say, and use a tactic that has worked with him to positively motivate him in the past. And sometimes, guys, ladies, it's, can I be blunt? You should. Okay. Sometimes it's just as basic as you know what? After you finish with those eighteen holes with your buddies, I need to go to the grocery store, and I don't want to walk in there alone without a mask. You come in there with me without a mask, so that and and so that I know you're backing me up. And when we get home, I'll show you the nineteenth hole. Know what I'm saying? Sure. Sometimes it's just as basic as that. That might work. It's a good card to have in the deck. Yeah, yeah. Can I add one thing? Absolutely. By Listen, all
0: means. I I think. There's some, most of the, your husbands, some of them are, are, are cowards, but m- most of them, I don't think it's that it. But this, what's, I talk about the gated community effect, even if you're just, you know, lower mouth, you, you just like to be comfortable too much. Mm-hmm. It's not a sin to want to be comfortable, but once you make it an idol, mm-hmm. th- that's a, for, especially for a guy, it's a huge problem. Your baseline can never be comfort. It's it's always has to be the add-on, the gravy of your life, the dessert. It cannot be your fundamental. Providing it for your family yes. can be fun
1: for, for you, it can't. Which is why you incentivize him as a as his wife. Risk your comfort in this setting oh, yes. for me here, and I will make you make very, you very comfortable, comfortable when we get home. Yes. Excellent. Yes.
2: Along the lines of what the previous emailer was saying or a previous emailer was saying early on in the marriage conditioning the dude to be more compliant uh, uh to be more um sensitive if you will to be more essentially milk toast is what we're talking about um it is true that even later on you can incentivize it the other way around once you realize that or have the self-awareness. So I would say for for younger women as well, um, I've seen this is a tale as old as time. A tale as old as time, even amongst otherwise pretty solid Christian girls. I, I see guys get married and I think it happens probably to all of us to some degree. But I see guys get married, especially if the politics are a little bit uh, more left wing and what were previously pretty just dudes, just dudes are now complete and total word that I can't say on the air Mm -hmm. because I think they're going through the conditioning that that uh, there's a different word for that. But I can't say that on the on the air either. Um, They're going through the conditioning. I think that a lot of men go through, even if they're married to otherwise, you know, pretty solid uh, Christian women. I would say for for younger wives, if you see risk taking, if you see boldness on any level, even if it's on kind of a pay level, it. Yep. reward it. Yeah, reward it. Over reward it. Don't squash yeah, it. Yeah, you'll get even more of it. And and here's I I think here's the rub, especially for younger couples. They're still developing that trust. Um. Do just trust him to some degree. Just trust him. Um, I think it'll pay dividends in the long run. So that's something that I love about Bella is that, um, you know, she's, um, she's maybe probably not uh, as bold as I am, but when we go to a Lowe's, when we go to a store and I say, I'm not wearing my mask, she has no problem with it. Cause I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm there for her wearing this together. And I love that about her that she's not trying to say, no, nah, just put it on this time, honey, or something like that. She, she, she goes maskless a lot, too, um, but obviously she, it's different working in healthcare. That's something I really appreciate about mm-hmm. her is that she's not trying to squash it. So, All
1: right. Lightning round. Kelly asks, is it okay to, that I profess to be a Christian and follower of Christ, even though I haven't found a church home yet? Well, of course. Of course. Of course. Although it's your desire should be to find one. But yeah, of course it is. Uh, there's, never, there's never a bad time uh, to profess Christ. I can't, I can't think of a time where it's bad. Uh, Kyle says, you say on your show a lot, revival or bust. I've always agreed with you, but maybe I've changed my view recently. I think now we're actually looking at it could be bust, then revival. History shows that it, sometimes it works that way, sure. too, that uh, God realizes you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Ashley says, I have a significant other in the Air Force, and he declined the vaccine. The reason that was given to allow the opt-out is the fact the vaccines are not FDA approved. With the vaccines only authorized for emergency use, they can't force the vaccinations. However, you do have to watch an hour video on why you should take it, so propaganda. If when they're fully approved by the FDA, they can become mandatory, just a little insight. So uh, thank you for that, Ashley. I think if if you're looking at sending a daughter away to university uh, this fall, and it's a school that wants to mandate this or things of that nature, maybe what Ashley's showing you is, for now anyway, at least until we get further efficacy testing, because I would argue with you, the human trials are actually going on right now that we're just immunizing, vaccinating, I should say, anybody that wants it. Um, hey, if the if military people who have less civil liberties than the average American are not being forced to take something that is an FDA authorized. Why am I fair? Yes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, how much time do I have? Okay. Don Don in Springfield says, love you guys The show. I'm one of those willing to wear a face diaper to comfort the ignorant. Heard you today using the Ten Commandments admonishing against false witness as a reason to make others feel unsafe. Have to wonder whether this advice works for you without fail when your wife asks you if the pink skinny leg jeans with the lime green polka dots look good on her, or do you avoid the frying pan to the head by telling her, sure, honey, they look like they were made for you. I would argue that if I have done a good enough job respecting and honoring my wife, she would never try such a monstrosity on and then test fate by asking me a ridiculous question like that. Was that okay how I handled that? You'll find out when you get home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> got like six
0: emails
1: there, didn't we? We Five got or through. Six. We did. I told you we were getting the over, man. I don't mm-hmm. care. We went over time. I was hitting the over. After yeah, you just, had just a spike. You just read to yes, the air. Yes, yes. All right, we're gonna stick around and do best and worst of the week uh, for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, have a great weekend. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace
2: on the Blaze Radio Network.